Dun, dun, dun. Ooh, that was a beautiful ending, Steve. That was that was <laughs> jarring enough to just jump into the zip, and then it was even more jarring when you guys in sync continued the song. You gotta continue the song. Yeah. But um, but, but but we have to like not continue the actual song so the <laughs> listeners know that this is something different. This is something new. This is something new. This is fantasy pants unzipped. Unzipped. We're gonna we're gonna take off our pants and we're gonna show you our wieners in this one. This is no 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 no. no. This I quit. We're not gonna do that. Hey everybody, this is some. (laughs) Jeremy put his headphones down. He's walking out of the room. Everybody, this is some bonus content we're doing. We're gonna tell you a little bit about what's going on behind the pants, behind the scenes on our little show. Uh, we didn't really get a chance to talk to you guys about what it's been like making this podcast. It's it's wild. It's fun. We're having a great time. We want to share that great time with you. It's so, fun as all hell. It's so fun. So much fun. Such so a good time. I'm, I'm going to start this off by going off quote unquote script just a tiny bit. We have like a really basic little uh, outline that we were going to do. But now that, now that we're talking about um, the theme song, I just want to shout out that Jeremy writes, wrote our intro and outro. I did. Um, yes. And he is humble to a fault about them. Uh, so I would like to thank you, Jeremy. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> take a goddamn compliment, Jeremy. Okay, I take you it. Take I it. Take you like it. it. I take it. Fine. No, it's fun. It's it's fun writing music. Yes, we're we're it's, proud it's of what Jeremy does for us here. So thank you, Jeremy. Jeremy made this all happen. Uh, let's be straight. Yeah. Like we had a, we had a, me and Steven had this dumbass wild idea. Let's do a podcast, we said. It's going to be fun, we said. Yeah. And we had no idea how to edit. We had no idea how to do nope. music. We couldn't do shit. And Jeremy came along and he was like, got a dream? I've got a fucking reality for right. you. And so, wham, yeah, here we are. David and, and I were we like, are. David we and I were like, we've got USB mics. We can download free editing software. Like, let's do this. And then we were like, okay, who are we going to do it with? And we were like, oh, well, Jeremy's, the obvious answer. He's yeah. already in a D&D campaign with us. Um, blah, Two, blah, actually. This and that. That's right. And so then we brought it to Jeremy, and Jeremy was like, oh, yeah, I'm going to turn your world upside down, and <laughs> I'm going to bring you into the studio, and oh, yeah, I've been making music for two decades, so I have all this knowledge and expertise, and... I, w- I wouldn't call it. It's not expertise. <laughs> and and that, that, no, that's not, that's not being modest. That's... Well, it, it's, it's, it's a long learning journey. Totally, totally. Just like anything, um, just like, you know, what we're doing here. But, um, yeah, if, if it wasn't for uh, the experience that you have, then it would be David and I and some other schmuck that we know with USB mics. Sitting at one mic in the middle of the table. Right, exactly. I, I, th- I think yeah, that yeah. I, I'm pretty sure that is what was proposed <laughs> for this to the start. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Just putting yeah. a mic in the middle of the table. And Jeremy said, no, no, no. So here we are. And that's, and that's why episode one doesn't sound like it was recorded in a, a tin can. Well, it's it, <laughs> it's been a fucking blast. You know, it's, I mean, like I said, I, I, you know, I used to do a lot of this, a lot of playing music and, and, Never did it professionally, but you know, I, I think I had a leg up on an understanding of how this stuff works. Mm-hmm. And it kind of, you guys brought this up, and the spark just ignited again. Yeah, you know. Well, and if, I just I fucking ran with it. If if the song "These Lights" is any indication, 
I'm gonna guess that you could have been on your way there, my man. But while we're while we're tooting horns, while we're tooting horns at this table, I need to say, we also couldn't be here without Steven's relatability, his deadpan comedic stylings, <laughs> his general No, seriously, <laughs> Steven, Steven, you always sell yourself short. This guy does our, all our social media stuff. All right, this guy has been out here from the beginning. He's buying all of our shit. We couldn't do anything without Steven as our number one patron to actually get started in the first place. And yeah, he's just um, like, I've, I've played with Steven in a hundred campaigns now. He is- Like four. He is the best D&D player in the world. I'm, I'm gonna call it a slow burn right now because there's not a whole lot going on on the social media um, world. I mean, there is, there is stuff going on. We're actually growing. I, I, I threw down some names for some uh, recent Instagram followers to shout out. I'll do that in a minute, but um, but yeah, doing what I can to help out because you know you're doing a shit ton of work as far as DMing goes. I don't do that much Jeremy's work. doing a shit ton of work as far as music and editing goes, and I'm just like trying to do as much as I can to keep my contribution up. Well, um, I mean, I mean, dude, I think I think me and David are both like a couple of the most unpersonable people, most socially awkward people. <laughs> Oh yeah. <laughs> well, oh, so, yeah. And, and you carry our slack. So, like, so my whoa. contribution is just like Zebulon when he was in the the Conquered Jewel, trying to like help people sit down, just like <laughs> grabbing <laughs> grabbing people unnecessarily, and be like, "Here, I'll help you." And everybody's like, "I don't fucking want your help. I don't need your help. You're not doing anything." Oh, we need your help. How should I kill you, dogs? <laughs> we we do <laughs> dogs. We we need you. These pants have six legs, baby, and three waists because we're all wearing the same pair of pants. That'll be the first item in the merch shop. Yeah, six, three pants. Yeah, yeah, triple pants. <laughs> triple pants. Three, three seater. <laughs> um, um, so before we get too far out of, I was the imagining social a pants realm, like all facing each other. I, I, I was terrifying. I was thinking back. It's the worst. I was thinking back facing in. So like, yeah, saying like wiener, like wiener out. fencing. Oh, pants. you're talking like a, huh? Yeah, that was the opposite of what I was. Well, that's because you're wrong. Okay, well, so I'm going to jump away from the wiener fencing, and yeah. I'm going to pop into uh, thanking some recent Instagram followers. Uh, I picked a couple. I'm sorry if I didn't pick you. There's been several lately, but um, uh, GhostKnight357 on Instagram. Thank you, sir. Miss Drusilla Minipaint. Thank you, madame. Spectral Craft Dice. Thank you. I actually have been meaning to go Gender. onto Spectral Craft Dice and pick up. They have, like, a grab bag with just, like, some random die that didn't make it into a... Uh, a full set. Ooh. Um, so keep an eye out for that. Um, Winter's Riveting Archives on Instagram. And uh, lastly, for this little shout out, uh, Rough Sketch Comics. Rough like a dog makes a rough. So, oh, hey, all right. So she does um, dog drawings, sells merch, uh, sells shirts and bags and and and, and uh, calendars. So I'm, I'm working with her to try to pick up a a 2023 calendar. Um, she's overseas though, so she's gonna send me the file, and I'm gonna have the file printed out. Um, she does custom stuff, so that's rough r u f f sketch dot comics. Uh, hit her up on Instagram if you got a dog, or if you know somebody, love somebody with a dog. I have a dog. You do have a dog. I've been sending her. I need a calendar. I've been sending with, her Danny photos with so. Danny. Yeah. <laughs> um. Wait around till Christmas. I'll get you. I'll get you a Danny. I'll get you a Danny. <laughs> Danny uh, a Danny calendar. Yeah. Just go. Just check out my Facebook. There's a. I think there's a shit. No. Yeah. There, there's there's a shit ton of Danny photos in there. Hell yeah. I'm digging this. I can feel this. Oh yeah. Yeah. This works. This works. Is the season, motherfuckers. I, I wasn't working, and then I realized I had to turn off on my audio mixer. 
all the internet uh, because of yeah. D&D Beyond. That's why I wasn't playing. Oh, <laughs> okay. Yeah. Well, there hopefully you, you can insert something. Yeah. Um, so, David, do you want to pick it up with uh, talking about why we decided to do Radiant Citadel? That I or do, why Stephen you Rodriguez. to do Radiant Citadel? So we decided to start this crazy project in the beginning of the summer of 2022. Now, at this point in time, I was looking around. I wanted to find a, a module that hadn't been done yet or done a lot yet. Uh, but hey, D&D, a lot of modules. So I was looking around trying to find out what, what really fit, what was best. And I saw that coming up, there was a couple of cool new new modules coming out. There was Spelljammer, which I was actually very tempted by. I know. I was I was pretty stoked. When you were really yeah. trying to push me into Spelljammer. Yeah. And then, then Radiant Citadel came out. And I was looking at it, and I was like, huh. See... When I run a campaign, I like to just kind of find a cool twist on the the general narrative. And I like to have different feels, wildly different feels for different campaigns. We have a Frost Maiden campaign that's very Western thematically. We have a uh, uh, Candlekeep Mysteries campaign that I took into a very uh, cosmic horror, you know, Cthulian mythos kind of feel. Um, Ghost of Salt Marsh, weird time travel shit. Anyway, I like to do weird things. And I was trying to think, what haven't I done yet? What would be fun? And the idea hit me like, hey, what about, you know, that sort of typical uh, mass media superhero guilds kind of, kind of, kind of, you know, My Hero Academia, uh, One Punch Man kind of world where adventurers are actually kind of in the spotlight for everybody. It seemed like a fun thing to do. There could be adventurer rankings and merch and whatever. And, and just, it's all about the celebrity feel. And I was trying to find a setting that worked. And then I looked at Radiant Citadel, and I was like, hey, this is a, a setting of many, many, many worlds combined. And on top of that, it's a setting where we can explore entirely different cultures and settings and, and, and mythologies. And I loved that idea. Um, what I find so cool about it is in Radiant Citadel, I, I get to like, you get to go to a new world, and I can just throw the craziest monsters at you based on real, actual, like, like, like creatures that use that use that region of our world as their habitat it's it's fascinating it, I, I get to explore as much as you do and it's so fun i've li- i've read a lot of modules this might be my favorite i'll say that Plus, nice wow hey representation it's cool you know mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so so in in all the campaigns you run like like you just mentioned i know that there's some some element of homebrew and and i do my best to not expose myself to the original content so that I'm not spoiled as to what is and is not your homebrew. And it, it really, it melds together. Like I can't, in, in a lot of cases, I can't tell what is coming from David's mind and what is coming from the original content. Oh no, with, with regard to that, my head is 100% in the sand. Yeah, I, I, I don't pay a single thought to it. I just roll with it every single time we, we hit record. Pangolins? Who knows if that's an actual <laughs> thing? I don't. <laughs> Nobody does. But it's real in fantasy it's, pants. It's so fun because I, I, I don't I don't read the book before I come up with the idea. I have the idea and I jump in the book and I hope, fingers crossed, it lines up. <laughs> and in this one, it did so well. Like I read about Atosh and I lost my shit. Because I was like, this guy is the fucking Superman of the He's setting. The this, superhero. This archangel or the yeah, solar cool. angel that drops down and starts saving lives and is this big worshipped deity. It's like, yeah, this guy is luminary to the core. It's so cool. Nice. Like I love it. What I love about your style is that if you find that it doesn't line up, you find a fucking way to make it line up. 
Yeah, 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 exactly. Every time. Yeah. Every time you find very, a way to make it fit. I don't, I don't know if I don't know if I've ever had David say straight up no. Yeah. To me, whether it's something about character design or um, uh, a storyline that I think is interesting or even just a moment in combat. If I'm like, hey, I want to do this, unless there's like a really excellent reason, I don't hear no out of David's mouth, no. which so, makes the game so much fun. It's always, we'll make it work. Yeah, I, exactly. I try to yes and, and that's why, tip as a dungeon master, yes anding is key. Make shit harder. Make it hard. Every combat in this campaign has been harder than the book says because I want to yes and people. But you can't yes and if the combat's too easy. You can always pull a punch and you can always make their punches harder by basing, yeah, do this. Yeah, roll for that. Roll this. It's so awesome. You can't you can't undo a, a, a weak combat. Yeah. Um, I, make out, it brutal. Out of session, I think that's the most common thing I hear you say is, I don't know how to balance a combat. <laughs> yep. <laughs> and yep. all of David's combats are really tough, um, which is which is a lot of fun as a player because it yeah. forces you to be creative. Oh, absolutely. I'm I'm feeling this. It's beautiful. Dude, yeah. <laughs> it's a wonderful Christmas music. I'm a fan. Yeah, it's I'm good stuff. It's, it's December. Stuff this season. It's December. Merry Christmas, gentlemen. Welcome to December. Merry Christmas, gentlemen. <laughs> oh, we're gentlemen. We are gentlemen indeed. Do we have questions, Stephen? Are we on that point yet? We did. We did field a few questions. Um, a lot of them are from my wife, but I the think most that's darling woman in the world. But I think that's sweet. Absolutely. So, if you guys don't mind, um, we'll start with questions from my lovely wife Rachel. Rachel asks, "Are there any common characteristics that you find yourselves bringing into D and D characters?" So. I think she's asking about common threads between this campaign, other campaigns. And, and, and I don't I don't know consciously at least if there are any common threads. I mean, I think really what I try to do is if I come up with some sort of fun backstory for a character, I try to go back to that backstory and try to make decisions based on those inspirations which I don't think is anything groundbreaking I think that's how you're supposed to play a character so I don't know if that's exactly a common characteristic but that's usually how I try to play a character I just try to play true to the character and and it seems to be different most of the time I think I think I'm a, I'm a, I'm a little opposite in that sense I think a lot of my characters are very similar in a lot of ways a lot of the characters I play seem to be, I don't want to call it underdog. That's not the right term. Um, it's more of like something really terrible happened to them in their past. And there's something underneath them that hasn't come out yet. And I think during the campaign is when that surfaces. Um, there's a, a common thread of like a grim defiance I found in right. your characters, yep. Jeremy, which it's, it's great. Yep. Um, they're just they're, they're fun characters to kind of like have things happen to in the world because I, I kind of know how how you'll just you'll take it and and you'll be fueled by it and you'll fight yep. back and it's, at, it's awesome. At some point, it's gonna explode out. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I do think though that with with Jules Laroche, I think you're really kind of breaking out of the almost quote unquote edge lord 
character. You know what I mean? Because so 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 a lot of the characters that that, that I play with you are kind of like quiet and brooding, but Jules is bombastic. Well, yeah, and I am here for it. And 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 that was one hundred percent deliberate on my part. Excellent. I, I so I, excellent. I, I said this is so opposite of who I am personally, and who I've played in other campaigns. And I said, I need to get out of my comfort zone. I need to do something that's different. And, I, you know, I'm, I'm still trying to find my footing with Jules. But I think it's a huge... I've made a lot of progress with Jules a lot more than I have with some other characters, I think, in terms of getting outside of my comfort zone and, mm. you know, being somebody that I'm generally not. That, I've... That, it feels less safe, but it's a lot more exciting. Oh, man. I, I freaking love what you're doing with Jules. It's like, uh, remember the uh, ice cream syrup? Was it like the turtle shell, whatever, blah, 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 where you spread it on top of your ice cream? And yeah. It hardens. And you wait a minute or two, and it hardens, yeah. and then you smash it with the back of your spoon? Mm-hmm. Jules LaRoche. <laughs> what? <laughs> wait, what? <laughs> All right. Remember those those candies you used to have as kids, where you'd like have the sugar and the and the, and the white stick, and you'd lick the stick, stick in the sugar, and, and and then just lick it off. Fun dip. Jules the Roche. Jules the Roche. Fun dip. It, it, clearly, I have seen that. I have no idea. <laughs> I, I am not getting breaking the shell. Breaking the shell. Licking the sugar. Licking the sugar. Oh my god. I it thought it so made sense. sense. Both of your analogies are just not landing with me. Mine was right better. Now. I don't understand. <laughs> well, how about this? How about this for an analogy? How about another question from my wife Rachel? Yeah. She wants to know specifically character inspiration for this campaign. So you were pretty much on a roll with Jules LaRoche. Do you want to continue on that? I think where I finished off was the inspiration. Okay. My my inspiration for Jules was was I need need to break out of me and be something, go out of my comfort zone, you know, feel not safe. And and I think it's, I think maybe a part of that was playing a bard actually lets you experiment right. with what you love to do, what you kind of, you know, were, were held back from doing before. It's, well, it's so exciting. I, I don't know how many times I went back and forth through my head because you guys were talking about, we were talking about what we're going to do for characters mm. and how we want to yeah. set this up. You were talking about bards and I, th- I think you were originally thinking about being a bard, yeah, Steven. exactly. That's right. Well, well and then, David, David had mentioned how important a bard would be in this, in sure. this story. Early version of it. Right. Didn't pan out as well, much. But. Well, but so, so, I mean, you know, that's how it is. The creative process, it works. Right. You yeah, know, yeah, yeah. And, and, and so early on in the creative process, I thought, okay, well, if we need a bard, I, it would be far outside of my comfort zone as well. I said, sure. I will try to take on that role and do my best, whatever, blah, blah, blah. You have no idea how relieved I was when you, Jeremy, said, Oh, I'll play Bard. Well, and you have no idea how fucking nervous and shaking I was when I sent you guys that text that fuck it, I'll be a Bard. Oh, I kind of do at least I... a little bit because I was I was willing to jump on that sword, um, but huge relief. And dude, I love what you're doing with Jules. Um, really, truly what you're doing with Jules for the campaign is massive, huge payoff. Huge, huge payoff. I gotta say, like these, I, I've had a few campaigns now. No, I've been doing this for a long time, a couple years, but I've had a few campaigns. These two characters are amazing. I'm so excited to see where they go. I am unbelievably excited. I'm so, so, so sorry that I have to kill them. <laughs> I just, I have to. Contractually obligated. You think? You know, 
Well, if you guys I make mean, it to the end, please do. I want to see what happens so bad. These guys are awesome. And I mean, on the flip side too, Zebulon is fucking incredible. I'm, I'm having there fun with Zebulon. So, so fun. Yeah. So many layers and so many nuances. Yeah. It's, um, it's, it's so much fun to watch every single week. So, so with that, I do have a fun little story with how the name Zebulon Black came oh, about. Oh, yes, 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 yes. So, uh, I, I've told this story before in our, in our session zero, which someday we will hopefully probably release as some bonus content. But, uh, quickly, David and I were out on a walk as we often are talking about D and D as we often are. <laughs> <laughs> And, and just down the street from my house is a cemetery. And like most cemeteries, there's a very old part of the cemetery. So we're walking along. I think we're on our second lap talking about life and whatever. And I see a stone with this outrageous name on it. An old stone. An old stone dated from 18 something. I don't know. I can go back and double check. But the name on the stone is Zebulon Black. And I just happened to say, oh my goodness, wouldn't that be a funny name for a D&D character? And uh, lo and behold, here yeah. it is. So so that was, the, that was the first piece of Zebulon's identity. And the, the voice, the, the lisp, actually came from Sid the Sloth from Ice Age. <laughs> When I oh, was geez. in, when I was in, I think middle school, that's when that movie came out, and um, it was a voice that I would do at school with my friends, you know, copy shit the schlosh, kind of, kind of talk out of the <laughs> that's side. Why you're so good at kinda it? Kind of talk out of the uh, side of your mouth. I had a lot of practice with that one. I remember um, that now too. I was yeah, there. So, so you were there. I that was, was there. That was before you left for Florida. Um, so, Stephen, being my name, the the kind of like. Sid the Sloth iteration of Steven was Sheev. That's where Sheev came from. That's where Sheev came from. Oh my god, you were Sheev for two years. That was my nickname in like eighth grade into into high school. And when I was on the track team, we had like custom jackets made for us. It was like super fancy, whatever. And I like talked my mom into paying the like 60 bucks for a custom, you know, uh, windbreaker with my name written on it and I wanted so bad to get Sheev Sheev <laughs> written on oh, my man. jacket my mother talked me out of it in the end which was probably a, a fine move <laughs> <laughs> um, so so between having a little bit of practice with that and, and being able to pretty easily pull that out of my pocket and, and play it and say it I kind of wanted it to be like anybody could be a hero you know what I mean? Like, it doesn't have to be uh, somebody with a six-pack and chiseled abs. You know what I mean? It could be it could be somebody who's small and mm-hmm. scrawny and doesn't sound the same as anybody else, everybody else, um, but be just as cool and just as badass. And this is why I loved so much. And I know you were so, you were so bummed when you rolled stats. Mm. You can see in your eyes, you died inside when you saw all those low. I really but wanted I Zebulon to have huge stats. Because yeah, he had real. like these tiny numbers and so many fields, but a really good dex. And right. just painting this picture of someone who's just like naturally weak, but has worked so hard, yeah. so hard, so hard to train and train and train and get good at one thing. Mm-hmm. And now you're fucking slaying through these fights, and it's awesome. Right. So that's that's kind of the story of Zebulon is it, it doesn't really matter if you're a little bit different, um, you know, 
if you care and you try and you put the work in, um, you can slay with the rest of them. Everyone's a hero in their own way. <laughs> Please tell me you know this. It David. sounds familiar. No. I don't know which, which one. Uh, Doctor Horrible. Okay, I don't know one at all. <laughs> Doctor Horrible's sing-along vlog. Nope. Neil Patrick Harris. Nathan Fillion. I like those guys. Oh my god, <laughs> you would love this. You you would you would absolutely love this. Oh, I'm sure I would. I'm, I, I have it right here. I'm going to let you borrow it tonight. All right. All right. You got to watch this. Okay. Anyways, continue. Okay, I will continue. <laughs> um, so we're going to continue with a uh, self-proclaimed noob question. Um, no shame as far as noob questions go. Oh, everybody's a noob at some point. Everyone's w- a noob at some point. I, I was a noob just two years ago. Yeah, I mean, l- like I said in Session Zero, again, the, the way I really learned how to play D&D was through podcasts similar to ours, you know what I mean? I um, still don't know what I'm doing. I know, learning all the time, but <laughs> listening all the time as well. Um, so, Ian Kenny 91 who I believe is a listener from the Slasher universe, so, hey, Sweet. Kenny. Uh, or hey. hey, Ian Kenny. Cool to cool to see you. Cool to chat. Um, Ian asks, "What does it mean when you roll a nat number? Is that just before modifiers?" Which yes, exactly. So if we say, you know, a nat sixteen, that means the number on the die is a sixteen, and then there could or could not be a modifier attached to it. Um, so I, I figured this would be a nice opportunity to talk about maybe some other D and D lingo that. Um, Folks who are new to the hobby might not understand off the off the cuff. Hell yeah! Sure. So it's like a dirty is the opposite of that, right? Exactly. So to touch on that, so if we say we rolled a, a dirty twenty, that means maybe it was a it was a sixteen on the die with a, a plus four modifier. Yeah. yeah. So it wasn't a true twenty. It wasn't a natural twenty. It was a dirty it's twenty. A dirty twenty. Dirty twenty. Dirty dirty twenty. <laughs> um, a couple more that come to mind are. Uh, fumble rolls. So if you roll, you know, a natural twenty, that's a critical. If you roll a natural one, that's a fumble. Um, some some people, some podcasts or games, home games, will just have like a a rule set where hey, you roll a one on something, we're gonna pull up a table. A random bad, bad happens, thing happens to you. Right. We're not doing that. We a might someday. Fail. I think it would be fun to to do something like that sometime, even just fun. once in a I while. Think, I think or it would something. be. Could be fun. Yeah. Um, I mean, I mean. W- at the very least, though, we, we still add flavor to a natural one. Yes, right, exactly. Yeah. It's usually, yeah, we had a lot it's of usually flavor, flavor it's, failure. It's, a, yeah. it's still a big deal. I yeah. definitely hit you guys with some fumbly stuff early on. Oh, yeah. Not one horses, baby. Horses. Not one horses. horses. Yeah, always Every horses. Time. Yeah, always we don't horses. Need, we don't need other rules. That's yeah. the rule. <laughs> um, so really quickly, before we got started, we threw together a short list of lingo. And the last one we had really thought of off the top of our heads was a cracked die which basically just means you roll the die and it doesn't land flat. You know, it hits an edge or something like that. And it's like, you know, maybe it's on the 19, but maybe it's on something else. So instead of just, instead of guessing, just crack die, pick it up, roll it again, uh, make dungeon, sure it's an honest roll. Dungeon Master here to tell you what a nat, what, what, what a crack die actually is, is a player roll the two <laughs> and they don't want to say it. So they roll again, they get a 20. <laughs> dungeon Master secret, that's, that's. Or yep. if you're real, like a real tough dude and you roll a die so hard yes. <laughs> that it cracks in half, you say, shit, I cracked the die. Cracked, Let bro. me go get another die yep. and roll it again to cover up your awful roll. Very true. Um, so unless unless we have any other D&D lingo to talk about, um, we got some questions from somebody in one of your campaigns, David. 
Oh, yes. If you want to pick those up. Oh, yeah. Sure thing. Let me open up a document because I forgot I was doing that. All right. We're good. Uh, this question's from Danny. Danny from my Curse of Straw group. Danny, what you up, are Danny? incredible. Uh, thank you so much for being an amazing player and for sending us some questions. Uh, what has been your favorite part of developing the characters in your story? I'm giving it to you guys. What do you think, Jeremy? I kind of want to hear favorite from you. Favorite part? I just talked about Zeb a minute well, yeah. ago. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I, I think it... I think my favorite part goes back to my inspiration and the reason. I think it's all tied into one. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's... I'm I'm surprising myself with some things with Jules, and I I think that is a lot of fun. Yeah, surprising us all uh, in so many great ways. Literally, literally surprising me in episode eleven. Like the first time I heard Jules' voice, I was like so thrilled. Okay, Dude, okay, yeah. this, this is getting cut. That's enough, guys. <laughs> all right, all right, all right. <laughs> <laughs> You can't argue with the man with editing power. <laughs> He's got godlike powers over us. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing we can do. Oh, no, yeah. I mean, going out of my comfort zone is is a it's a big deal for me. Mm. You know, and and it's terrifying, but it's also like fun as hell. Hell yeah! It's cool to watch. It's cool to watch. Yeah. Um, but I also have a safety net in David because anytime where I'm at a point where I'm like, shit, what the fuck do I do? What the fuck do I say? I, I look, I look over at David hey, and I'm Jules. like, hey, pick this <laughs> yeah, up. Exactly. And, and, and he's always there. Yeah. Yeah. The chemistry is really natural. Yeah. And yeah. I think that shows up in the, in the campaign. Yeah. Um, I, I mean, I kind of can pick up in the same spot where you left off as far as character development goes. I mean, it's really just playing off of what David comes up with, you know, like, like we came up with the, uh, the idea of Xena, Zebulon, Zebulon's aunt, just kind of on a whim, you know, it was like, oh shit, where is Zebulon going to go? Well, maybe he's got not. Yeah. Um, and then it turned into, well, maybe it's Arhalon's mom, but it's not Zebulon's mom. And, and it just kept rolling from there. So, so a lot of that kind of behind the scenes conversation happens when, <laughs> I mean, going back to it again, but when David and I go on a walk, you know what I mean? We'll hit the national forest or we'll just walk around town um, and we'll be out there for a couple hours and we'll just shoot the shit and, and, and ideas just bounce back and forth and it's always really natural. It's always really easy. And by the time we finish, we have a pretty cool outline and then it really, the puzzle pieces all fall into place when we're here around the table playing the game and we'll surprise each other and, and it always works out and it always turns into a really cool story and that's turning Zebulon into a, a, a real three-dimensional character. And it's funny because I actually, I think I can answer my own question here Um, because I too have a few characters in the story that I had a fun, I had a blast kind of developing and and kind of bringing into it. Let's go to Chester. Chester, Mm -hmm. I kind of thought would be like sort of a one-off character. You brought him up as part of the Cherry Delights. I wasn't sure how far in the story they were going to go. And as time's gone on, they become more and more important. Mm. And then when I brought up the idea of having side quests in the campaign, Jeremy, you immediately jumped on Chester like, no, he's my sidekick. Yeah. So I made him a stat block. I was like, okay, what do I do with him? We already have a rogue. So what if we go for like an urban ranger? And I kind of just started developing this character and he became an actual part of the story. The first time you were going to go off and meet with Zebulon and I had Chester kind of jump in to join you and I gave you the stat. 
actually, it was the first time I was like, it was yeah. like me solidifying. This is now a, a main character yes, of yeah. this story. Yeah. And it's so much fun. Psychics are great. They're so great. I, I can jump in on the jokes, jump in on the fun and action, yep. but like don't have to worry about holding back in fights because you guys are you guys are playing them. I'm just voicing them. And, and I love it. And it's and it's almost like you having a PC in the game. Right. But like well, one I don't have to feel weird about. And that, right. that's what I love so much about it is you are fucking incredible DM. Right. Everything you come up with, everything you do is it blows uh, my mind. This is getting cut but, too. <laughs> <laughs> well, now well, we have, now we have you to clue two, part, so that's yeah. not going to make sense if I cut my part. <laughs> gotcha. Checkmate, Jeremy. <laughs> so, no, but got him. You know, with with us playing together for so long, it really feels good to be able to have you have PCs to play with us, right? And not just be a DM and spell this story out. So it's like we get to play for you and we get to play with you at the right. same time. And that's and that's yep. what's so impressive about you building the character Chester because it wasn't your creation. It was it was mostly Jeremy's creation and then we kind of all built on that story together right. and you really right. took off with it and yeah. and made made Chester who he is today. And on that same note, there's Arhalon. Uh, I yeah, love the character of Arhalon. Arhalon's awesome. I just love the idea of Zebulon, you, you, because of the arc you created for yourself, it felt so natural to to create the antithesis of this character who in. was yeah. the big, strong, older brother mm -hmm. who's always been there for you, who you've always looked up to, right. and then just kind of take that relationship and just fucking rain toxicity all over it. Dude, yeah. That um, episode was so uncomfortable. I had a blast with that. It yeah. was so much fun to make this character so unlikable because he's like, <laughs> my, I love well, this. I, well, love the I character. don't know if unlikable is the right word. I think toxic, certainly. But yeah. I think part of his toxicity is that he is likable. It's, it's interesting. He's, he's a trustworthy I, I, I th figure. I, I feel personally that he is uncomfortably relatable. Right. Hmm. He's charismatic. He's, he's, Someone who you want to trust, someone right. who you want to be around. Um, you can understand his intentions. Right. Yeah, exactly. And that, I think, is what makes him, uh, I guess, dangerous. Yeah. I'm trying to trying to build off the toxic, you know what I mean? Sure. He's he's dangerous. I'm glad I'm, I'm glad it's all getting through, because uh, yeah. I love the character. And then there's the Jean Franklin, who... Uh, honestly, kind of yes. start off as an Easter egg That's right. for the guys because he's a character, a PC of mine from a, a GURPS campaign we had way back. I definitely from very different. He's very changed for this new new version, but I wanted to play the douchey Tortle Knight. He has a new Zebulon wand, a, a, and, a sidekick and that, that was in the front comes lines. So naturally to you. Oh yeah, and oh, yeah. in, 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 in <laughs> our <laughs> journey of the three of us playing together. He is hands down the greatest character you've had. Totally, one hundred percent. And that I was love, also from the first game we all played together. Yep. And I expected that like this character would mesh so well with Zebulon, uh, especially. I think those two, I love the character combination of these two, maybe getting close, who knows. Yep. Maybe you guys will hate him and drop him, maybe he'll die, I don't know. But like, I'm hoping to see a relationship develop there, uh, since that's who you chose as your sidekick. Um, it's a good time. Yeah, it's a good it's, time. There's, there's, a, there's a good dynamic because, uh, you know, at least mechanically, Zebulon has a, a, a low intelligence and isn't very witty, blah, blah, blah. Where where Jean Franklin is the opposite, where he is quick with his wit, and um, can be a intimidating figure with that with that intelligence and that wit. I also got to give you a character who I built 
with religion and, in and history uh, proficiency, so I have a means of getting lore into the world, even though you guys have terrible intelligence stats. <laughs> so, uh, DM Strat. <laughs> that's what Do that thing. That's what happens when you roll characters. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Especially in a two-player yeah. campaign. Who, who, whose idea was that, Steven? That was mine. I'll own it. I'll own it, man. <laughs> I'll own it. It's working uh, out well. So moving on to the next question from Danny here. Uh, any ideas for uh, future campaigns that you don't mind sharing? I think that's a David question. It is yeah, a David definitely. question. I'll, I'll answer that. <clears throat> Take the back seat. So, uh, honestly, no. Not yet. Uh Fantasy Pants, the this first Radiant Citadel campaign, I see as being a very long-term project. I, yeah, I, find I hope so. So many of these stories, podcasts I listen to, I love them, but they always try to like push things along, wrap things up too, too quick. And I, I want to simmer in it. I want to live in it. I love these characters, and I want to develop them slowly. I want to see these worlds bit by bit. There's so much to see out there, gentlemen. There's Absolutely. such a vast universe, 25 worlds. We're going to see a lot of them, I think, and we're going to have a great time doing it. And the thing about this campaign, too, is the, the, the themes of each world are so different. We might have some funny, silly worlds like Susanko. We might have some grim horror worlds coming up. Mm -hmm. It's going to be a good time. So I haven't thought much about the future. But, like, I would like to do a, a very different kind of setting each time. You know, maybe uh, something like Strixhaven, a, a, an academy adventure is pretty fun. Or, like, Spelljammer was attempting uh, at space. Or maybe I'll just homebrew something. I mean... Oh, that would be cool. Oh, yeah. Or, yeah. I, I mean, to, to kind of jump in, like you said, I, I also hope that the campaign goes on for a long time. I know that character death lurks around every corner, so I don't know right. if we'll see the same characters by the end of the campaign. But But I personally hope that... I hope that this is a triple-digit episode campaign. You know, I hope we oh, hit yeah. over 100 episodes in Radiant Citadel. And and by that time, who knows what else will come out? Um, I mean, one D&D &D is a thing now. Yeah. There are yeah. other there are other systems that, that we're all, I think, fans of to some extent. So, so who knows what the future brings? Because the next campaign that we play might not even exist as we record this today. And, 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 and whenever that is that we do find ourselves at the end of this campaign and this book, no matter what, I think it's, it's going to be difficult. It's going to, it's going to be emotional. Yeah. Are we still going to be friends we, by then? I mean, we're, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I mean, we're only a, a few months into this now and I feel like all the three of us have all become part of this world that we've created. Hmm. Yeah, you know. Yeah, for sure. And by the end of it, it's not just gonna be us. It's gonna be guests like Stomp and maybe future guests. Yeah, and, and, right. and you know, I, I love the idea of, of all these luminaries out there. Uh, and, and listeners, you know, make a luminary for your world. I mean, be a part of our our adventure. It's it's just, I love it. Yeah. So if you want to get super corny, it's tough to make that decision without, you know, whoever else is gonna participate and whoever is gonna listen and be a fan and comment and blah blah blah. So, yeah, there there are a lot of a lot of options or a lot of uh, variables that go into making a decision like that. Yeah. yeah. Um, so uh, next up, uh, merchandise when? <laughs> well, I guess kind of like we said to Stomp, because he asked about it uh, on episode nine, uh, my answer, which I, I believe is our answer, is when people start asking. So sure. Stomp has asked. Now Danny has asked. Um, I think we've at least peeked into looking at stickers, maybe. I think that'll happen first. I mean, it, it, it's it's absolutely on the short list. Yeah. 
Yeah, for sure. Uh, we're working on getting some designs put together. Um, you know, always trying to improve. So uh, we're recording this on Friday, and, and, and we're thinking that this weekend we're probably going to release uh, an updated logo design. And that updated logo design is probably what we'll use for the foreseeable future. For, yeah, at least for now. Um, so hopefully we'll see that on stickers pretty soon. 2023. That's safe, right? Yeah. That's a safe thing to say. Hell yeah. Yeah. Stickers so. in 2023. That's what I'm going to promise today. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, Danny, anything anything beyond stickers in 2023, that's going to be uh we'll see. Yeah. That's going to be a we'll see. Yeah. So I got one last question here. Uh, I love this one. Uh, we got to wrap it up. So for David... I've been fortunate enough to experience you as a DM, and I know that there are a lot of times that your players completely upend your plans. What's one of your favorite examples of this from this campaign so far? <laughs> That's my favorite thing to do. Yeah, you guys love when David this goes, question. I think when you David guys goes, know exactly huh. what I'm going to say. I full-on expected you to just walk into the office and have Rune Rassam become your agent. I had this whole oh, play. Yeah. Yeah, he was yeah, supposed yeah. to be the Saul Goodman lawyer, like dirty kind of agent lawyer that's going to lead you in, in, against the, the oppressive force of the Citadel using his anti-hero sort of shady ways. Um, and, and then we decided, no. hey, fuck you that guy. You said no yeah. and fucking yep. left. And I was like, what? And yeah. It was awesome. I'm going to credit Steven for that because when we got finished recording that episode, <laughs> one of the first things he, he pulled me aside and he's like, I think we fucked David. Even in that episode. <laughs> well, no, no, no. The the episode before the actual the actual oh, heist. Yes, yes, yes. The, the idea to do that in the first place. Right. You were like, "Hey, no, you texted me." Yeah. You texted me. I think while we were sitting there talking outside afterwards, <laughs> oh, the three of us are sitting there, and <laughs> oh I get a text God. from Stephen saying, "Hey, we should probably do this." I think we need to do and, this. Yeah. But, you, but that also ties into the the way we play the characters. Yeah. Is like, we play. All of us play our characters so true to who they are that right. it's wh- not whether it puts us in a bad decision. situation or a good situation, yep. we are going to play it exactly the way that our characters would do it. Yep. And that that's exactly what our characters would have done. And, and in that episode, I kind of apologetically out of character said, is this going to fuck you up or something like that? And you and you responded right off. You said, no, go ahead. Fuck yeah, me do up. It. I'll do, do it. it. Yeah, it's, I love it. No, it was great because now it's like runes a bad guy out there instead, which is really fun for me. Oh, well, I know. And that's the thing is like we played true to the characters, yep. I, I think, which was like I just said, is not always the easy decision. And I really think it's going to screw us in the long run. Oh, having rune yeah. as an adversary you have not a great thing no not idea what you've thing. done but i love it <laughs> but That's i wouldn't great. i wouldn't change a thing no i wouldn't change a thing or, 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 the, the, it is exactly what our characters would have done it was just obvious yeah, yeah. It, it wasn't was, easy but it was obvious yeah it was great and we were and then and the rules worked out next session that worked out perfectly so i was able to get you guys still on the gem to subsunko Jean Franklin joined you anyway, defected from Rune because you were supposed to get one of his sidekick, right. uh, you know, his, the Atlas sidekicks he hired on, was supposed to join you to become part of your adventure. And this entire second group that's joining you in Subsunco to like to, to be your rivals, those rivals were born from that decision. Yeah. Because I had to do something with those other two sidekicks. I had to do something sure. from Rune, and Rune decided to do this. Like that was not pre-planned. That was entirely because of what you did. It's like it's like Pokemon when you go to pick your starter, whoever you don't pick. Yeah. It's going to fuck you over. Yeah, for they're the rest coming. Of the game. They're coming. <laughs> um, and then just one really quick note, uh, the, the ugly coyote uh, became <laughs> an actual location that's probably a whole base in this campaign because you guys were too stubborn to go anywhere else. 
I love it. I mean, nowhere, no, nowhere <laughs> else was safe. That, exactly. Nowhere that's else the, was safe. It's the, the same, the same excuse. The, the same excuse as we played to the character. No, it's great. I love it. <laughs> and it turned into Fantasy Pants Gold. That's what makes... Yeah, that was... <laughs> That was really good. And that's what makes campaigns like this so, so good is just like you never know what you're going to get. But the, and the story's constantly shifting. All I, I've had so many ideas that crumbled and fell down. I had to take the building blocks of those and form entirely new structures. And I love it. Figure out how else can I fuck these guys over with always. this. Always. Every time. It's always a yes and, but. Yeah. <laughs> that's the rule. Yes and, but he he he. Because in your mind, you're going to do something fucked. Yes and, but he he he. That's the DM way. Yeah. Uh, that's that's what I got for questions. So how do you want to wrap this up, gentlemen? I think you just did. Yeah, I think you just <laughs> did. Um, a lot of fun. Uh, I mean, I'm hoping that we can do this semi-regularly, not too frequently, maybe monthly by monthly. We're not going to put a, a time stamp on it or a label on it. But, um, you know, when, when it comes time, you know, a week or two in advance, we'll, we'll hit hit the listeners up. Uh, throw it into an episode, say, hey, ask us questions, throw it on social media, say, hey, ask us questions. We, we um, want you all to be involved in this process. Yeah, exactly. You know. Yeah, for sure. Makes it more fun for us, makes it fun for you. Um, and that's what this is about, having fun. Yeah. Oh, Thank yeah. You. Tons of fun. Well, everybody, good night and a Merry Christmas <laughs> to all. <laughs> See you later. We'll call it there.